Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Depth of the bad man with a gun and a knife and a waistband with the war with the devil and shaitan he wore a bad toupee and a spray tan so high now hoping that i land on a tie stick moving through thailand on the radio heard a plane hijack government did that like the cook crack i'm moving the world of conspiracies obey no rules i'm doing me smoke could transport to the airport welcome to the first episode of the new rebooted new and improved lookout landing podcast I am Kate Prusser. I am the managing editor of Lookout Landing, and joining me today is graphics wizard, internet quasi celebrity, and uh, my own close personal friend. <laughs> How are you doing, Jose? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Kate? I'm doing well, thank you. I actually have a little bit of a cough because I have this evil sickness that is not um, leaving. So if you hear me hacking at any point during the broadcast, I'm not a smoker. It's just a Whatever sure. is going around right now. I promise. <laughs> also joining us today is Ethan Novak, Lego master builder, miners expert here at Lookout Landing, and proud Cal State Fullerton alumni, Ethan. Yes. We're going to ask how I was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Kate. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, you will notice that our podcast does not yet have a name. It is the podcast without a name. So if you have suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Please do the hard work for us. And Joe Bimel's forearms. 
Oh my God. I love We've it. We've spent way too much time already today talking about Joe Bimel. Just somebody <laughs> give the man a job. Just please. <laughs> so if you don't follow, follow Joe Bimel on Instagram, like every day he posts a video of him throwing. And yeah, I just really want him to get a job it's somewhere. I mean, it's heartbreaking, really, it because he is just working so hard. Because every day it's like, look how hard I threw today, or look <laughs> how many weights I lifted. And it just screams, someone, please, just sign me. Let me throw baseballs for you. There's no way that like <laughs> someone like the Reds can't use him. Yeah. I just, I maintain that. Yeah. So, if anyone's listening who has the power to hire Joe Bimel, please, save us all. But not you, Jerry DePoto. No, 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 we're good there. We're, we're way good. We're, we're fine there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so speaking of which we, uh, finally had to get around to doing this podcast because we're kind of waiting out some off season moves and we're thinking about it, but tell the team hadn't quite coalesced yet, but now I think, and you guys let me know what you think about this. I think we are in a position where the team pretty much looks like what the on-field product is going to be in 2017. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we might get a move here or there, um, but I think overall the big pieces are all in place. We kind of know what the starting lineup and rotation should look like. I don't really expect a big changing, maybe like a 25-man move, like 25th man spot. Maybe that'll change, but for the most part, I think it's like set in stone pretty much. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any big moves coming. I mean, we still got a, got a bunch of minor league moves coming, but... This is pretty much going to be it. Yeah, I mean, there's always some shuffling that's going to go on, and we know that Jerry P- DePoto does not rest. <laughs> I mean, you should um, never stop looking for upgrades, but... Sure. Yeah. No, and I mean, as we saw last year, just you have to have depth. It's a game of attrition in a lot of ways, and, um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit briefly about what our depth looked like last year and maybe talk about maybe that can transition us into talking about some of the transactions that they've made this year. But like, guys, remember the Joe Wheeland experience? Or can we talk about Dan Robertson leadoff man? (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about Dan Robertson, Dan, Daniel Robertson out in the field? It was against Chris sale. Wasn't it? Weren't we playing Chris sale and Dan Robertson was hitting leadoff? I, I I specifically remember Chris sale and Dan Robertson. Was it that bad? Like, were things that bad at that point? (laughs) I also remember the game where he tried to make a catch at the wall, and he missed the ball by a good 20 feet on his jump. It was, yeah, that was our depth last year. And then we didn't have a center fielder. Nori Aoki played center field a little bit last year. Oh, my gosh. Now we have, like, 80 center fielders, so that's (laughs) really cool. We do, even even considering our, our dear departed friend Malik Smith. Yeah. Um but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the moves that Jerry has made this off season. Um if you missed it, Jeff Sullivan at Fangraphs did put out a piece today, uh Jerry DePoto's trade activity in context, where he stacks up what Jerry has done compared to what everyone else do you want to do you want to take a guess as to how many trades uh how many trades has jerry made since 10 1 15 well i read the article earlier so i I know the answer to that one okay i didn't read it so i'll take a guess i was going to read it but um, i'm gonna say 35 i 
I think you're lying. I think that you did read the article. <laughs> maybe, I, that is... maybe I saw a blurb. I think I saw a blurb at some point about, was it 35? Yeah. That is that oh. is exactly on the nose. Well, I'm a genius. Um, I wish I had a prize to give you. I, who, I think it was um, Cespedes Family Barbecue who, because um, the Braves were like second in trades, and then they kept trading with the Braves, and he was like, oh, smart, not letting them catch up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... It's pretty amazing that, like, <laughs> the difference between first and second place itself, as yeah. Sullivan points out, would still qualify for within the top ten of transactions. Yeah, well, isn't – I like I said, I saw – I must have seen a piece of it somewhere at some point today, but didn't they say there's only, like, nine people left that were on the 40-man when he took over? Ooh, I did not see that, but I wonder if we could – That might have been somewhere else, but, um, yeah – I mean, could we name them, the nine people who are left on the 40-man? We could, we could probably name them, right? So you had, you had Nelly and Felix and Kyle and Mike. And Robbie. I don't, I don't know why I'm going by first names. But, yeah. <laughs> it's more personal um, that way. Man, yeah. And Paxton. Paxton. This and is, uh, Hisashi, obviously. Kuma, right? Gosh, I don't know. Um, who else? Uh, wow. There's not many. Like, the fact that it's hard to name Sucre, I guess? That's what I was just looking at him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're at, we got eight. Yeah. Which um, is not, not bad. No. But whoever that ninth one is is going to drive me nuts. Was When did um, Zitch get here? That was a Depoto move. <laughs> he does so many moves, I don't know what's <laughs> what anymore. No, we cannot keep up. <laughs> And uh, all right, so let's let's do a little reaction, a little reaction slash review of the transactions that have gone on so far this year, um, because they have been legion. Um, some of them bigger, perhaps, than others. But yes. we start off, so we kick off eleven seven with uh, trading Nuno down to the Dodgers for Chooch. Yes, uh, I liked that move. Yep. Um, yeah, a lot of people were angry because. They thought Jesus Sucre was like a legitimate hitter now because he had that game where he had like three hits off of Cole Hamels, but he looks very broken in winter ball. So yeah, we needed a backup catcher really badly. And I like Carlos. It was pretty interesting too, that early on there was a, a signal that we would not be asking Ionetta back. Um, pretty clear admitting that that was a move that hadn't worked out and moving yeah. on from that. Well, he was clearly more invested in his winery than he was in <laughs> hitting baseballs. Or framing them. Yeah, or frank. framing them. Yeah. Or framing them. Um, he's with the Diamondbacks now, and the Diamondbacks are just, like, hoarding all the terrible 2016 players. It's pretty funny. They're taking so, uh, Mariners' approach like last year. Yeah. ton of bounce-back players, but yeah. I don't see that happening. I mean, for the sake of uh, my good friend Charlie, who writes for them, and for you know just those fans overall, I hope that I hope the Diamondbacks can pull things together. Yeah, have an okay year. A lot of stuff needs to go right, though. Lots of stuff. And we'll have more to talk about with the Diamondbacks later. But let's yeah. get back to yeah. the transaction log. So, I think some people were kind of underwhelmed by that as an opening move. Yeah. Pretty low. Well, last year's opening move was like the massive trade with the Rays, right? Mm -hmm. It was. That was the Brad so, Miller trade, yeah. yeah. Brad Miller, Lomo, and uh, 
Farquhar? Farquhar. For, uh... Farquhar. For Carnes and, and Boog. Boog! Uh, yeah, which, honestly, maybe not looking so, so great, unless <laughs> Boog can rebound and have a great year in Tacoma and stay out of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, man, that guy keeps finding himself in headlines. He does, he does. And now we have so many friggin' center fielders that it's just like he's not as prominent as he was last year. I haven't even thought about putting Boog in the center fielders pile, honestly. That's how many we have. I cannot keep track of all of them. There's at least like five people that need to get hurt before Boog bumps up into the legitimate MLB spot. Time to start learning shortstop, Boog. (laughs) Uh, So... Obviously, that move didn't have quite the dramatic import that the opening move of last year did. It's not quite the same salvo. Um, the next move we get is on eleven twelve, trading away Blackburn for Danny Valencia. Which I like. Yep. Um, Blackburn just, I mean, he's a nice piece to have. He seems like a pretty good bet to stick in an MLB rotation at some point in his career. But, I mean... They have, that's the one thing they're loaded up with on their farm is back end starters. Mm-hmm. And so trading him, trading him for like a potential everyday first baseman, if that is the route they decide to have Valencia go this year, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. It just, for me, it's hard because now it's looking like a one for one swap Mike Montgomery for Dan Vogelback. Yeah. Or I think he wants to be called Daniel. Now. Well, I think it, I think you have to say it'd be Mike Montgomery for Vogel or Vogelbach and Valencia, which which looks a little better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's that's a good way to think about it. You're right. Yeah. Um, I like I like what Valencia brings. I'm not afraid of his character problems. I think if if there are character problems, um, which I think is <laughs> something that you know is debatable. But I think that they've built such a nice core culture there. Um, and the clubhouse leadership is so strong that it just it seems like a fun place to be. I remember mm-hmm. laughing so hard when the trade first went down because I was we were in the LL Slack and we were talking about it. And I just said, doesn't Valencia have character issues? And you're like, well, his Twitter bio is I am who I am. Your approval isn't needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I remember laughing really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's a little bit standoffish, yeah. maybe. If you can't handle him at his worst, you don't deserve him. <laughs> well, and, and I think in his defense, from what I've heard, that a lot of the stuff that happened in Oakland, I guess Billy Butler was a big part of that too. Like, yeah, uh, he's trying to get his. He was basically like ratting on him to his sponsors, sponsors, yeah, and trying to get him taken away from him. And yeah, Billy Butler doesn't seem like a very pleasant individual to be around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I have to choose sides there, I would, pr- without knowing anything about the situation, I would probably side with Valencia. Yeah. So, who was the player this year that it said in their contract like they only blocked a trade to the Oakland Athletics? There was someone. Uh, Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How he bad is that? He only blocked a trade to the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> That's literally it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I would do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want to play in a filth stadium. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we have on eleven eighteen right hand pitcher Zach Littell for left hand pitcher James Pazos. I hated that one. Yeah. I also hated that one. I was trade. in a bowling alley when that went down and I thought everyone was playing a joke on me. 
Uh, <laughs> Ethan, I know that you and I have spent some time talking about Littell. We are both yeah. big Littell fans. So He just, I mean, it's it's super rare to see. I mean, that's not super rare, but it's just, you don't see guys just, sh- their stocks just shoot up as quickly as his did. He went from like, not even mentioned on top prospects list to being like the second or third starter you talked about when you talk Mariner prospects, like in the span of like a couple months. Yeah. Like his stock just was skyrocketing. In the California league too. Yeah. Which, I mean, dominating a hitter friendly league like that is, uh, so yeah, that's uh that was, that was disappointing. And, uh, I'm maybe and- not so high on Gamble. So the idea of getting Pazos out of the Yankees, like, just it didn't didn't have a great taste to me <laughs> um but positive i mean he does have really good potential if he can ever figure out his command but like his command is just a disaster yeah like this isn't like oh you know he struggles with one pitch no like he just struggles with location period just with everything uh well, so, i'm hoping that what they saw was something that they decided they could figure out yeah something absolutely. that they thought the coaching staff could help him through And in retrospect, I like this move a lot better given, and we'll talk about this later, but given the Gohara and Yarbrough trades, because that really devastated our left-handed pitching depth. Yeah, but it's just, yeah, we'll see how he does in spring. If they can fix his command, I mean, he's filthy. He misses so many bats. Um, Yeah, it just comes down to can he fix his command? Can he get back on track? Because if he does, you have a very good lefty. Like, really, really good lefty out of the pen if you can get his command figured out. But All right, so... I was going to say, yeah, there's just so oh. many guys who don't make it because they can't get their command figured out. <laughs> well, so. let's hope that uh, somebody has a magic pill. Maybe, uh, what's his face? Who Who is it who helped Vieira? Uh, oh, I yeah. His name. But, I mean, he'll work with Painter in Tacoma, and Painter got... Paxton, like, Paxton. really back yep. on track. So Yeah, also a big lefty struggling with uh, some yeah. command issues. So we'll see. Um, so the next one we have is uh, on the same day. So also 11-18. This all happened at the bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> we have right-handed pitcher Andrew Kittredge going out, first baseman Dalton Kelly, right-hand pitcher Dylan Thompson, all going out to the Rays in exchange for third baseman... Richie Schaefer and shortstop Taylor Motter. Yeah, that was just us giving stuff to them for yeah. their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was really surprised to see Dalton Kelly go since he had just won the yeah. uh, Team Productive Plate Appearance Award, the Edgar yeah. Martinez Team Productive Plate Appearance Award. I don't know. They renamed all those minor league awards, and that's a yeah. particularly bulky one. But I wanted uh, him one more year. Just to see how legitimate his season was. Yeah, I mean, I did something about him um, back in the very early days of the Edgar Hall of Fame series, just kind of comparing the two. And uh, Kelly has really good plate discipline, and I, yeah. was, I was impressed. So that's the one part. Kitteridge is like, whatever. I didn't know yeah. much about Thompson, but K- Kelly was the one part I was sad to see go. It was just so interesting because he never hit in college, like, ever. And then suddenly he just started hitting. And so you're kind of wondering, like, maybe he figured something out. And now he's suddenly can hit. And I just wanted one more year of him in the system just to see how legitimate that year was. But, I mean, yeah, it's not – none of those guys are guys you're going to lose sleep over. And, honestly, we are so we are so thin at shortstop. So, Motter – that yeah. Schaefer has since been left, lost on waivers. But um, 
Modder coming into the organization is uh, a backup plan. Right? I feel I feel like it'll be a small Sean O'Malley upgrade, which I mean that can be any small upgrade you can find is big. And special weapon, he can pitch. Oh, there you oh, go. No <laughs> way, really? Yeah, he pitched. Uh, I, th- I don't know if it was once or twice in Tampa, but uh, yeah, yeah, they used him a couple times. So I don't know if he's better than Sucre, but we'll see. Oh. A, that's a high bar to clear. <laughs> um, the other big move made on this day um, is that was the deadline for the, the Rule 5. So that's when we have Vieira, DJ Peterson, and Paul Fry all being added to the 40-man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. A.K.A. one God closes a door and opens a window for you, Ethan Novak. Yeah. My boy DJ, he's going to make it. Were you surprised? Were you surprised um, he got he got protected? I wasn't surprised just because we had so many open spots left. I knew he would probably get one because we didn't have a ton of guys that needed protecting, and I figured they'd prioritize. I figured they'd prioritize him over Marlette and Fry, so I wasn't shocked. But yeah, I'm very excited for what he could potentially do. I just really want to see him make it. I don't expect him to be like a star or anything. People, whenever I talk about him, people think I'm convinced he's. When I say he's my favorite prospect, I'm not saying I think he's going to be the best. I just mean he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, I'll look forward to seeing him in Tacoma this year. I think Tacoma is yeah. going to be a really fun team. I'm yeah. excited to see Vieira there. Um, he is huge. Their outfield is going to be really cool. Um, there's a lot of outfielders that are going to be in Tacoma. That they'll, they'll have a really legitimate team. Yeah, I hear that there's uh, this kid coming up from AA. This, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, T- Tyler, it- Tyler O'Neill, maybe. <laughs> Is that it? Never heard of him. No. Uh, oh, he's yeah. Pretty I- under the radar prospect. Very. Uh, just like a just kind of a pet project. Hey, of be mine. on the lookout for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're- <laughs> you heard it here first. I have some serious. I have. I think there's some serious breakout potential. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tacoma is going to be fun. Yeah. All right. So onwards to 1123, a.k.a. Uh, right before Thanksgiving. The big one. I am making a pie. I am busy trying to get stuffing bread cubed and whatnot. And all of a sudden, my phone starts lighting up. This was the point in the year where everyone's like, why hasn't Jerry done anything? Like, is he just not going to do anything this offseason? This is stupid. And then there this- was a... There is definitely a fair amount of angst about, um, and you know, we have big free agents on the market and the pitching rotation is such a question mark. So Jerry solves that by sending away part of our pitching rotation in Taiwan <laughs> Walker and Cattell Marte in exchange for, I think you say his name, Jan Segura, but everyone's saying Jean. it Gene. I believe it's Gene. Okay, well, the reporters in the Dominican Republic said Jan. Yeah, I've heard so, it both ways. So, okay. I think that that is Which technically the right like way. Which way would you like it to be pronounced? Uh, well, I'm, I would like it to be pronounced <laughs> however he wants it pronounced. Yes, so absolutely. I'm hoping, I'm hoping Ravi Cano leans on him a little with the Ponleo accento part. And it's like, mm, they'll say whatever you want here. I mean, we called him Norichika Aoki for an entire year. Wasn't Kendry, can... didn't Kendry have something with his name? In that he didn't want it to be Kendris? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't remember that. Who cares what Kendry Morales Who wanted? cares? 
Uh, so we got Segura and then Mitch Haniger and Zach Curtis. Which is a pretty neat haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 remember... I like this trade quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Um, I think there's potential that we're, we're going to miss Ty and Cattell because they still have potential. But I, yeah. I really like the return. Ty got so much time in Seattle to get yeah. things figured out. That's the one thing. Like, obviously he has potential. He has insane athleticism, the effortless velocity. But Seattle gave him so much time to get things figured out there. And it just never happened. And even if he goes to Arizona and he's amazing, I feel that doesn't, that doesn't mean he would have been amazing in Seattle. Right. Like, it was time. That's it that's was, exactly how I feel about it, that they gave him so many opportunities. They just can't wait for him to break out. So yeah. I was totally cool with this move. And you don't want to wait until he's just pretty much worthless in terms of value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a real sell-high risk. It yeah. also, for me, sets an interesting trend to something that we're going to see through some of the moves and um, that they weren't totally happy with Ty's work ethic. They weren't yeah. happy mm-hmm. with how he rehabbed sometimes. They weren't happy when they wanted him to leave Chicago to go start doing some rehab. And he had his girlfriend there and he wanted to stick around. And yeah. um, they weren't they well, weren't thrilled with him. It was in Pittsburgh, right, when they made him throw a simulated game in full uniform? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. You're right. Whenever you see guys throw, like, they just throw bullpen sessions after when they're rehabbing, they're always in, like, shorts and a Mm t-shirt. He was in, like, full uniform. Huh. And, I remember um, that now. And that's I've when, totally forgotten about that. And that's when Scott Service said something along the lines of the effort wasn't where we liked it to be. And he yep. specifically said effort. Yes. So yeah. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was something there. Like, if you read between the lines, it, there was something going on. They just were kind of done with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of that, that actually kind of transitions nicely into our next move, uh, which was just a scant five days later when we sent Alex Jackson and Tyler Pike, <laughs> who was the player to be named later, um, in exchange for right-hand pitcher Max Posey and right-hand pitcher Rob Whalen from the Braves. Yep. <laughs> so who wants to talk about Alex Jackson? Yeah. I think that's your job. <laughs> that's on you, man. Um, so Alex Jackson, uh, former fifth overall pick? I think I say fifth overall. Um, just... I mean, it started out with just him not being as good of a hitter right off the bat. He really struggled against professional pitching right off the bat. And then behind the scenes, there were just con- – like I constantly heard people talking about him just having a terrible attitude. Just I heard it from um, fans. I heard it from inside sources that I will not talk about really much. But <laughs> just people just were did not like the guy at all. Nobody liked the guy. Um. Yeah, it was just it was just I know you said we're transitioning into this is kind of like an attitude thing. Just maybe the Mariners just didn't want to deal with him anymore. And... Well, and he didn't. The attitude thing is one thing, but also I mean, what he was in what his third year at A level, um, A level or lower. So yeah, it would have been his second year because he started out and just rookie. He was just playing in the AZL league his first year. And then he went to Everett his second year in 2015, and he was okay. Um, he wasn't, like, amazing. He did okay, actually, but it's just it, he wasn't amazing. Like, you'd expect a fifth overall. Six, okay, okay, so I just looked it up as six overall. You wouldn't expect a six overall pick to be. 
And then he went back to Everett again. Or no, he went to Clinton this year. And it was his second time through Clinton. And he did better, but still, like, it wasn't... He's perfectly... A 120 WRC plus in A-ball is perfectly fine for a prospect, but not sixth overall pick. Mm -hmm. Like, you expected so much more out of him. So, yeah, I mean, if, if a guy has a bad attitude, if he's amazing, you might look past it a little bit. But just the combination of him really struggling and the attitude potential attitude issues that I've heard about constantly from just everyone. Yeah. I think it was just the writing was on the wall. So another example of a uh, DePoto selling high on someone in this case, you know, not that Jackson had made an incredible legacy for himself so far in this system, but yeah. he's still young enough that you could get away with, Oh, but the potential is still there so much. Yeah. And uh, the Braves are just rich, flush with prospects. Yes. There's so many more people there that than they can have. Ever. They can, they have the luxury of taking chances on guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, so, I guess what one of their plans with Alex Jackson was they want to move him back to catcher on top of that. Yeah. Um, was, was, I mean, do you, do you know if he was any good at the catching position or is there a reason they moved him to right the outfield? No, I mean, they moved him to the outfield because they thought it would, um, speed up his, um, path to the majors. That was the big Mm. reason for it. It wasn't like a, Oh, we think he's done at cat. We think he's a terrible catcher. It's just, they thought that it would speed up his time to the majors. They didn't think the bat would run into the wall the way it did. Um, so, I mean, I think with the arm strength and everything, there should be, he should be okay at catcher enough to, for something to build on. Um, but yeah, it was just the, the outfield thing was just strictly, we want him to get to the majors as fast as humanly possible. Well, we wish him well with Atlanta who we won't ever have to face. For the record, we didn't, I didn't really hear any attitude stuff this year. So maybe that got cleaned up. He could have just been an 18 year old who got a bunch of money and had an attitude issue because of it. I feel like if you would have given me a couple million when I was 18, I might've had some ego problems. I mean, here is where I point out that Andrew Moore got like almost a million dollars and had no (laughs) ego problems. But he was like 22, 21. I feel yeah, like Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. He he had some time at Oregon yeah. State, so. And Corvallis is very I can confirm Corvallis is pretty mellow. There's not a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah. Yeah, so I feel like yeah, as a kid right out of high school from a San Diego high school from sort of the environment that's already kind of a little snobby, if we're being honest here, <laughs> if you're just to hand that kid a few million right out of high school, yeah, I could see him having attitude issues. So I, I didn't hear anything about his attitude this year. But and there were a couple just... pieces that I saw um, commending him on his approach that, you know, he, he looked at things a little bit differently and that yeah. his attitude had changed. But, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been. I mean, he, he could have turned it around. Yeah. Let's talk. Okay. For, enough. Alex Jackson isn't a Mariner anymore. Who cares? Right, that's what I was going to say. Just <laughs> um, we'll, we'll let Atlanta worry yeah, about that. We, we got <laughs> – we got the tall wall for him. Yeah. We got six eight Max Posey, yeah. who throws at an incredible downward angle, and uh, nice guy Rob Whalen. Nice guy. Nice guy really Rob nice Whalen. Guy. I love and, I mean, he is nice guy. Rob yeah, and Rob Whalen just immediately becomes sort of like one of those spot start candidates, right? Yeah. He becomes he's he'll be he'll start on AAA in all likelihood, but he'll be one of those guys we will see this year. Whereas Posey, he could I mean it could take some time. He could he'll, he might start out in Tacoma, but he could start out in Jackson. We'll see. I don't know. 
And uh, Waylon being able to potentially take some spot starts if all goes wrong at the major league level means we do not have to see Cody Martin, a.k.a. the Brave Little Toaster, <laughs> in a spot start role again. Which, God bless Cody Martin. He yeah, really... I was going to say, you always talk so fondly of Cody Martin. Who... Uh, you know, the kid just went out there and he did the best he could. He looks exactly like Bryce Harper. Um, He has p- very piercing blue eyes. Just like Bryce Harper. But I th- the flow situation is a little bit different. But they both have flows. But they both have flows. <laughs> um, Cody Martin in the bullpen, I think, is uh, makes me a lot more comfortable than Cody Martin yeah. spot starting. And, Absolutely. In an ideal world, Cody Martin does not throw a baseball wearing a Seattle Mariner uniform in a regular season game next year. <laughs> That's I mean, very specific. You know, he's, he's very. He's very useful when you need him and you know you're getting you're either blowing someone out or getting blown out yeah you know he can he can gobble up some innings for you if you need him know who else can gobble up some innings joe bimel (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on um so the next thing we have is a couple signings um the big one is signing mark zipchinski um and then also they signed casey fine on the same day. so that's, Was Zepchinski uh, our biggest signing this offseason? Um, According to this... Man, Jerry does not like free agents. No, he really doesn't, and he's said as much multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of he warned everybody about this a long time ago. Yeah. That's the thing about Jerry, is he tells you exactly what he's going to do. Which is why total transparency. I, yeah. Which is why I chuckle when people think he had total control in Anaheim because there are some people who still think that he's the one who ran that franchise into the ground. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, I don't think he would have given Hamilton all that money. doesn't seem like him. There's a potential too, that he is, um, you know, just scarred by that experience. And so (laughs) he really hates giving, but I mean, everybody who's been braying for, Joey Bats or Trombo or uh, Encarnacion. Like, clearly he was never going to sign any of those people. And yes. he said as much. He said, I don't think we're going to make a household name signing yes. on one of the podcasts I listen to. Uh, Which he... is why we all hooked our uh, hooked on to Jason Hamill so hard. It's true. And I was I will admit to having been part of that. Yeah. I was I was pro Jason Hamill to Seattle, um, which is now largely invalid, and we will talk about that later. Yes. Uh, the thing I wanted to mention about Scrabble was that is a two-year, eleven million deal. Is that right? Am I? I believe so. That yeah. yeah, that sounds, sounds right. right. Which everybody has said is a little bit of pain. It's a little bit of an overpay, right? Considering the market. Yeah. Well, at the time when we just had, you just he's not. He's not insanely good. It's not like he's an amazing relief pitcher. It's just he's a tolerable one, and there was questions <laughs> about whether we already had some of those on the roster. Um, that's the only thing. I mean, if you want to strengthen – if you had the money and you didn't really have anything else to do with it, then, yeah, go ahead and go get a veteran bullpen presence that you can rely on against lefties for certain, not against righties. Please, dear God, never throw them against righties. But, yeah. And it kind of lets us know that – if Jerry wants something, he doesn't mind pay, overpaying slightly in order to get it. Yeah. Like his vision is more important to him yes. than saving a buck. Which yeah. I feel like um, 
since he has said he's unwilling to spend big on free agents, some some people kind of paint him as miserly. But that's not the case. It's just that he has his vision, and if someone doesn't fit into his vision, he's not willing to open those purse strings for that person. Yeah. Although I was surprised that he went with him because, I mean, he, he values C the Z so much. And, yeah, Scrabble just walks the world, especially against righties. He walks, like, every righty he faces, basically. Probably not basically, but basically. Wasn't uh, his, one of his strengths that he's a, he's a big ground ball pitcher? Oh, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I looked at, I remember looking to him so hard early on, and now I've just totally forgotten. Uh, let me pull it up really quick. I'm actually on his fan graphs page. Uh, and while you're looking uh, that up, and the reason I bring that up is because I, I, I was listening to uh, uh, Jared Depoto's interview the other day on the Hot Stove podcast, and he seemed to kind of have a focus on getting more ground ball pitchers. Oh, yeah, so he's an extreme ground ball pitcher. Yeah. Uh, 67.4% last year. Okay. That is, that is extreme, extreme. So I, I, I'm thinking, if anything, like if this does work out, that must have been Jerry's main focus. Like he wanted to bring yeah. him in because of that. Yeah. All right. So let's move on then to uh, his next move, which comes 12-7 with the signing, well, the trade, I guess, for right-hand pitcher Chris Heston from the Giants for a player to be named later, which is weird. We still haven't heard what the return for that is going to be. Yeah, hopefully. I haven't, I haven't seen anything. Man, I just, there's been a lot of things happening this off season. <laughs> uh, how long do they have? They have six months to yeah. complete the trade, right? Well, the worst part of this was this happened when the, everyone was still freaking out about what are we going to do about the rotation? And so, <laughs> so many people jumped to the conclusion about this is it. This yeah. is going to be our solution. And it so clearly wasn't, but yeah, that's just, it sent a bunch of, so looking back on it, it's a perfectly fine depth move. Like you need that depth. We started, what, um, got him. Who was the guy, who was the, I forgot his name already. Who was the guy who started one game for us last year? Who was terrible? Mm. We already, we even mentioned it on this podcast already. Wheeland. 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 We started Joe Whelan, for God's sake. We I sure mean... did. <laughs> and that's aside from uh, the Adrian Sampson non-start. Uh, yeah. Wade LeBlanc got a few starts. Vidal several Nuno starts. had to start. Mike Montgomery started. Okay, like... but that was that was that was fine. Though. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying <laughs> these guys were bad. It's just don't make me come to Corvallis. It it pains your bullpen so much when you have to do all these spot starts and just having guys like Heston available is just it's nice. Yep. It's going to be nice having these guys turning to these guys instead of Joe Whelan. It's nice. And you know, Heston did not have a good 2016, but he's a young 28. He's only got one full season in the majors. Um he is a ground ball pitcher again. He's got a good sinker. And, you know, he, he can, he can get a strikeout. He's too high on the, on the walk side, but he can, he can get a strikeout. So maybe again, they see something that they feel they can fix. Yeah. And I mean, just like in 2015, he was a 1.4 war pitcher. So it's not like he's useless. I mean, he's shown value in the past. Yeah. I will be questioning what the trade for him is, what that player came yeah. later Obviously, Yeah, it's hard to evaluate the trade until you know yeah. what the heck is going on. I over. mean, can we call back to mind the Pat Venditti for Benji Gonzalez trade? 
No, no, that was um, that was no Benji Tim Gonzalez. Lopes. Tim yeah. Lopes. Yeah, it was Lopes. Tim Lopes. Tim Lopes. Yeah, Benji Gonzalez is like a twenty-eight-year-old yeah. shortstop. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Tim Lopes. Tim yeah. Lopes was the sad part God, of ben, that. Ben is Ben. Ben, it's not on the forty man, right? He got outrighted triple A. He did, Dude, and I don't even, I don't even know if he is with us anymore. I mean, if he got outrighted to triple A, he has to be still. I doubt they'd release him. There'd be not much reason, but yeah, gosh, that was terrible. That I was like bad. Lopes. A lot. Just because so many people I've talked to, specifically, like, you know, like people have said they think he's going to be, he's going to stick on a major league roster. Maybe not in a big role, but. He was Brandon Lee Paver's favorite. Yeah. Um, outside of Moore. And Brandon is a pretty good evaluator yeah. of people. So. Every time I talked to Brandon, he like gushed about it. Yeah. And. He said he talked to a few scouts who were just, like, convinced, like, yeah, this guy is going to stick on a major league roster. So to trade him for Pat Vendit, just wonderful. Is just it Vendit or is it Venditti? Venditti? It might be Venditti. I'm pretty sure it's Venditti. Usually yeah. when he was pitching last year, the Mariners were already down 30 runs, and I had turned the TV off. So. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, so we're still waiting to hear who that player to be named later will be, although – those uh, possibilities go down quite a bit with one of the next two transactions. So, coming in, a whole month elapses. The longest month ever. The longest month <laughs> oh, ever. Until finally, the clouds part a little <laughs> bit on January 6th, and we get a move, and everyone's holding their breath, and it's... Seth Smith for Giovanni Gallardo. And this was another move where people thought, oh, this is what he thinks the solution to the rotation is. This is horrible. Burn the team down. There were some pretty, there was, there was some rending of garments for sure <laughs> over this. So Giovanni Gallardo uh, last, so leading up to 2016, he was always been a workhorse. He always been a pretty good innings eater, always been Kind of like in the two to three war, somewhere in there, right? Mm -hmm. And then he just collapses in 2016. He, he gets the qualifying offer, so he doesn't get signed until like the last second. Gets a late start to spring. Then he gets a shoulder injury that had his velocity just way down. And so he ends up just all in all just having a horrible 2016. So, But at the same time, if he can bounce back, this is a pretty good trade because Seth Smith was pretty much pointless in Seattle at this Seth point. Seth Smith was pointless. Yeah. I mean, he was a lefty platoon bat. Which... In an outfield where we stress athleticism. Could you imagine Seth Smith running outfield drills with our outfielders now? <laughs> hey, guys, wait up. <laughs> Slow down. Guys, guys, stop. Wait for me. <laughs> Can we throw the football again? <laughs> I backed up Eli. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, that move didn't bother me because although Seth is obviously a sentimental favorite around these parts, yeah. clearly. Yeah. He's, he's dad. Um, and, you know, he had that amazing series against, I think it was Baltimore. It was Baltimore, yes. Yeah. I mean. But Four he, home runs in three games, yeah. But he really sucked in the second half. He sucked. He was god-awful in the second half. Um, yeah, yeah I, just, I didn't really care when the trade... I think a lot of us overestimated his potential value because I believe if, if you have Seth Smith maybe one or two years ago, you can get a legitimate piece back in a trade, mm. but 
this offseason, just with all the outfielders that were still in the free agent market that no one was willing to sign, just yeah. he had no value. Yeah. So but, uh, we traded something that might be something for something else that might be something. But probably yeah. nothing on both ends. But po- right. possibly, potentially nothing on both ends. I mean, I, um, I was I was just looking up his, his numbers for the second half. He had an 85 WRC plus in the second half. Like that, can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not um, I mean, with, when you're providing zero defensive value with that on top, actually negative defensive value on top of that. Right. It's just, yeah. And he's going to go to Baltimore, and he's going to sock some dingers in their little band box. He, the first month of the season, this he's trade gonna might hit, look like, really yeah. bad. He's going to hit like he's going to have like a 150 WRC plus in the first month of the season, and everyone's going to be like fire Jerry. Yes, and then he's going to start sucking. He had a 127 WRC plus in the first half, 85 in the second half. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see more of the same. Still, I mean, he's always been good at working at bats and just working pitchers but he started chasing a lot in the second half i remember correctly i think we were talking about in slack one day and we looked at the graph and he's for some reason just started chasing everything in the second half weird which is not his game yeah um and weird too that they couldn't get him on track like weird that they couldn't help him with that specifically i remember like a blood red zone up at the above the strike zone there was like a blood red zone right there, <laughs> which was just so phenomenal. There will be high fastballs. <laughs> but yes, he's going to he's gonna have like a 150 WRC plus in the first like month of the season and everyone's going to be angry and then he's going to teeter off as the year goes on. And yeah, that's what's And who happen. knows about Gallardo? If yeah. he can just chew up some innings for us. Gallardo, yeah, I know fine. he's... He talked to Dreyer, and he started his throwing program like three weeks ago or something. Mm-hmm. And so he said he's already feeling just way better, which, I mean, you always hear the best shape of his life stories. But I value them for pitchers a lot more than I value them for position players. I feel like there is some significance to that. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't expect much from him, but if he can just eat innings and not be a disaster, that's a perfectly fine trade. All right, well, we have reached our final transaction, and it is the big one. It is, went down just this past week on 111. We traded Luis Gohara, Thomas Burroughs to the Braves for Malik Smith and Shea Simmons. Malik Smith was a Mariner for all of 45 minutes before <laughs> Jerry then flipped him. We cherished Along every with, damn moment. We cherished every moment of it. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> uh, flipped him along with shortstop Carlos Vargas and the sad part for me, left-hand pitcher Ryan Yarbrough mm-hmm. to acquire Drew Smiley from the Rays. Gentlemen, was, your thoughts. I was really sad we lost Yarbrough. I started, like, I felt like I was talking about him nonstop this offseason. Well, I know that we diverged a little, and you were maybe a little more Yarbrough, and I'm a little more Moore, which yeah. my team won. More, neener, neener. More, more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I overall, it's a, I, first off, I just want to say I only am sad we got rid of Yarbrough, because I, writing about these guys like every day for the last year, I've definitely had a connection for some of them, and Yarbrough was one of those guys I wrote about a lot, because I just really started to like him as I watched him more and more. But I do love the trade. I was just Southern sad we got rid of Southern League Pitcher of the Year. You know, yeah. nothing 
nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Essentially, he's Drew Smiley, right? He's younger, cheaper Drew Smiley. The ceiling, he could be a lighter version of him. I don't think his ceiling's anywhere near as high as Smiley, but he has the potential to be a back-end rotation guy. And if not, he could be, like, sort of the role Mike Montgomery took on last year. And now you're going to make Kate really sad. (laughs) (laughs) So it was tough to see him go, but at the same time, you're getting that middle rotation piece that we wanted all off season that we begged for all off season. (laughs) And drew smiley. If he can just bounce back, he'd be such a valuable piece in the rotation. And I think he will. Yeah. Does it not feel like the entire off season was building to this moment? Yes. Yep. Yes, because, I mean, that was the conversation the whole offseason. I mean, some people wanted the bat, obviously, but all offseason it was, what are we going to do about the rotation? What are we going to do? And this move addressed it. I feel like this move absolutely put us over the top in terms of, is this team going to be competitive? Are they going to be kind of middle? I think this is absolutely a competitive team now, and this trade makes it so. But my... I was going to say my favorite moment was that 45-minute stretch where people thought the Malik Smith trade was just isolated and that was it. And everyone was just like, why do we need so many center fielders? (laughs) (laughs) So in my defense and a little bit of bragging here, uh, I I, kind of figured a trade was coming because that did not make any sense at all. I mean, as like 80 center (laughs) as as intriguing as Malik's is like, he seems like a really fun player. Like it really didn't make any sense. And I just thought he's got to be flipping him. There's no way we're just going to have this many outfielders on the team. There's just no way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. For all the talking about how he was somebody that they wanted all along and um, they were targeting him and also Dyson. And then, all of a sudden turning around and flipping him. I mean, really the, the big target all along was smiley, mm-hmm. right? Speaking, Figuring out how yeah. we're going to get to that. Speaking of Dyson, did we, I think, did we skip over? The... We skipped Dyson. Oh, we did. We did. We did. <laughs> but anyway, just to summer. Yeah. So the smiley trade, I think that absolutely catapults this team into legitimate contender. That's my opinion. People might feel otherwise. <laughs> um, so I know, I know one of the pitchers that a lot of people talked about in this trade was uh, Gohara. Um, what, do, what do y'all think about that? Because there's a lot of questions about his conditioning, about his pitch types. Are they going to move him to the bullpen? Are we going to yeah. miss him that much? Um, well, I mean, the, the part about Gohara you'll miss is that he was the only – Kate's not going to like this. She's going to yell at me. But he was the only pitcher in our system that represented mid-rotation or higher potential. She's going to yell at me about Andrew Moore, but... (laughs) I'll let Jerry do it. The consensus was that he was the only pitcher in our system that represented mid-rotation, ceiling, or higher. And, I mean, he was hitting 100 in the Arizona Fall League. So, I mean, when you get rid of a talent like that, it always hurts. Um, But It hurt when I looked up his uh, K rate in the Arizona Fall League because it was, like, almost 20 yeah, Oof. and I mean he had the he had the breaking ball, he had the vicious breaking ball to go with it. His changeup was a little; it's a work in progress. That's not percentage, by the way. That was a twenty K nine. It wasn't. He usually is a starter, though. So I think just being in relief, he just ramped up his insane stuff even further. So it was just insane. Um, but yeah, he he had really good raw stuff. 
but there were work ethic questions. Um, as someone there told were me conditioning that, questions. Yes, someone told me that during his time in Everett, he was somewhat lazy. Um, I don't know the exact ways he was lazy, but I just imagine in terms of workouts and stuff like that, just general stuff like that, he was somewhat lazy about it. So maybe the Mariners just sort of just wanted, I mean, we've kind of talked about it on Twitter a bit where Jerry's like, it's my way or the highway almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he might've just not fallen under that my way category. Which maybe we could kick it back real quick to the trade that we missed, which was Nathan Carnes. It happened the same day as the Gallardo trade, which is maybe why I missed it. But uh, we sent Nathan Carnes to the Royals in exchange for Gerard Dyson. Yeah. Yeah, and that was another case of that. Yeah, so you can go ahead and talk. Which, again, seems weird because we took out Ty, we took out Carnes. Like, those were two positive war pitchers in our rotation last year. Yeah, and it seems like Carnes was a guy they hi- they so highly coveted. That whole Tampa Bay trade seemed to go seem he was the centerpiece of that. Yeah. And to just ship him off a year later for I mean, Gerard Dyson, really exciting, really fun player, but it's one year of him. And yeah. so it's just to suddenly have that change. Like something was going on, something was happening. Um, I talked about it a bit when I did something for Royals Review. I did a guest piece for them and just there was always seemed to be something up with Nathan Carnes last year. There's just there seemed to be something go on going on in the background that we didn't know about. Right. The team didn't seem ecstatic with him ever. Well, I mean, there was a thing that I just found out the other day about when they tried to move him to the bullpen. Uh, supposedly, he wasn't. <laughs> he didn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, this was on Divish's podcast. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. Um, and that's something I, I didn't know went down, and then. Not too long after that, he got put on the DL, and then they finally moved him to the 60-day. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of a weird path he took last year. And then um, there was that weird thing that happened during the World Series where he told Mike Montgomery something along the line. When Mike had gotten traded to Chicago, he's like, oh, well, at least we'll get to watch you in the playoffs now. Right. I forgot <laughs> about that. It's such a weird thing to say, and the fact that Rosenthal considered it significant enough to report on it just means there was something weird going on with Carnes and the Mariners. I believe that Divish used the word pouty yeah. about yes. him in yeah. going to the, And again, that's the Jerry's way or the highway. Yeah, And I think that that's a, a constant thread we see running throughout a lot of these off-season transitions. Part of it is to make his vision happen. But yeah. then also and a huge part of it is making sure that there are players who are aligned with that vision. And it's Which... going to take a really long time to see how this works out. Yeah. We're not talking months. We're talking like years, years. to see how what the long-term ramifications of this will be. I mean, right now I'm still excited. I'm still hopeful. I'm, I'm still riding the Jerry train. I don't think he's like amazing, but I'm still fairly positive about him. I have a very positive outlook on this. I mean, just because, well, I mean, I covered minors and the minors like did a total 180 this year. Yeah, it was actually not painful to cover uh, the minors. It was yeah. so fun to cover that Jackson team. Yeah, Jackson was just phenomenal. And that, that speaks more to the org. I mean, that speaks to the team and the organization. It was just a phenomenal organization to communicate with. Mm-hmm. Just everyone there was wonderful. I'm going to miss the heck out of them. Um, but yeah, it was the minor leagues was a blast this year. And so I'm fairly positive still. 
for me, it just feels great to have a clearly articulated plan and to see moves being made that fit with that plan. Yes. Like it, it makes sense to me. It was just so nice. It's his transparency is just wonderful. Like, I know you mentioned that, but it's just like with Z, we never knew what the heck was going on with him. You never knew about trades. You never knew what to really expect out of an off season. That's why I think I took the Morse for just so trade so poorly (laughs) or Morse for Jaso so poorly. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's really nice to just know exactly what to expect from your general manager. And that's, and I was kind of talking to Kate about this where Jerry pretty much told us what his vision was. I mean, the first day on the job, I mean, he was, he was talking about getting more athletic, stretching the lineup out, getting guys that can eat innings. And I think this is the kind of team that he wanted and it's, it's what we're going to roll with next year. The only time I have been mad at Jerry is when his his constant reassurance that Ben Gamble was the starting left field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben Gamble's he's not terrible. It's just he's you don't want him starting and you don't want to be committing to him starting and depending on him starting. It's weird. That's the one thing I would say about Jerry is he does seem to get fixated on certain players and you know, like I'm Andrew kind of Moore. with him on Andrew Moore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you also see that with Gamble. It's just, God, he cannot keep their names out of his mouth. It's the hair. I think Andrew Moore has that wonderful oh, he's curly got the, hair. The red, and, the red, the red flow. Yeah. And then the Ben Gamble. Red has storm. The, has the long, wavy hair. It's the hair. It's the hair. That's... Got, look at Modder. Modder's probably going to be our starting shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was a reasonably quick summation of everything Jerry has been up to this offseason. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back and answer some of your Twitter questions. The white dog of the farm still breathes. She's awfully to the flesh and teeth. Welcome back. Now is the time of the program where we answer some of the questions that those of you who have sent us questions have been kind enough to send in. Um, If we don't get around to your question this week, we are maybe saving it for our next episode where we'll be looking at the projected lineup. Um, So it might fit in or or maybe we just don't like it or we don't like you. (laughs) Both of those are possibilities. All right. So, Jose, what have we got for questions? All right. First question we have is uh, well, essentially the same question from both JJ Keller and Sean McGee. Um, what is your, or I'm sorry, what is the best slash your favorite offseason move so far? Also, what's your least favorite move? Mm. Who's going to go first? You can. Then. Go ahead. Okay. I love the Drew Smiley move the most. I thought it'd be Segura, but. Um... Just thinking about it, I like the Smiley move the most just because him inserting into the middle of the rotation. I mean, we don't know exactly what the rotation will look like, but if you think it's maybe Felix, Paxton, Smiley, you know, if that moves Iwakuma to a number four, Gallardo to a number five, and those guys just look so much more valuable in that slot. So, like, Gallardo 
doesn't look that good as a number four pitcher. Number five pitcher, you can probably live with him. Yep. And I just think that Smiley just makes the rotation just look a lot better than it did before the trade. Like, so the Segura trade was my second favorite, but I mean, Cattell, there was still that breakout potential. There was still the potential that he could put it together for a season. Perhaps Mono was what held him back in 2016. Um, so, I mean, the shortstop, I, I wouldn't have been happy going into the new year with it, but I could have lived with it. The rotation was just, it's going to be rough if this is the rotation we go into this year with. And having Smiley and just having everyone kind of bump a spot back, I, I love it. You know, I think that has the biggest the biggest chance to have high impact. And, and that was probably my favorite part of that move is, and you kind of touched on it too, is if Gallardo was the number four, I would have hated that. But now we yeah. got Smiley moved into the five. I am way cool with that move now. Yeah, and now, I mean, Miranda, who is just such a big question mark, now he can potentially move to the bullpen, yep. which – we and saw him in, be new Mimo. Yeah, and we saw him in relief. Last, there was a time El last Mimo. year. <laughs> there was a time in relief last year where I think it was against the Tigers, and he actually hit like almost high 90s when he was throwing in relief. So, I mean, the, and then Heston drops back even further. It just It makes everyone look a little brighter yeah. having that new guy in the middle. I will also say that's also my favorite move. Um, we don't have a prayer at someone like, Quintana or no. Archer or no, even no. Odorizzi. Was, we didn't have a prayer at getting him. We just don't have the pieces. never going to happen. Especially never, when ever. It, especially when it leaked that the Rays asking just for Odorizzi was, like, insane. Like, so if he was going to cost that much, I can't even imagine what Quintana was going to cost. I, I mean, we, so as far as in the tier that we could shop at, Drew Smiley was kind of my ideal for somebody who's a potential bounce back candidate who has some good peripherals. He had the prettiest ceiling of the realistic options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then least favorite move. It's got to be Scrabble. Really? Um, Scrabble or the, uh, Pazos trade. I was going to say the Pazos trade just because giving up Littell is such a kick in the pants for me, but there were no moves where I was just like, this is stupid. I hate this. I think the <laughs> the only one where I was just like, kind of, what the heck are we doing? Was the Scrabble trade or the or Scrabble signing. signing? Signing, yes, signing. Just because I don't know, giving because it was at a time where we still had the rotation with a, an abundance of question marks, and so giving a reliever eleven million dollars when you still had nothing in your rotation was kind of infuriating. But now looking back on it, I don't. There wasn't any move that I just hate. Uh, but I'd probably say the Scrabble signing. And I think for me, actually, you know, I didn't answer my favorite trade. Um, I just want to jump back and say I was actually a big fan of the Marte, Walker, for Segura, Haneker, Curtis trade. Um, I just think because Segura came off of a career year and everyone's like, yeah, but he's going to regress. But even if he does regress just a little bit, I think it's still going to be much more than Marte would have provided next year. Yeah. Yeah. now you have yourself a really good defense. I mean, you got Seager, Segura, Cano out there on defense, and I just think it makes them look so much better. Yeah. I find Segura personally so likable, too. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I like his face. And, yeah, it's not even that Marte was a terrible defender, but how many games last year did he seem to have a back-breaking error in? 
Mm. Yeah. Just so many. The, the big one I can think of is when uh, Ty was throwing the – it was a perfect game. And yeah. the error cost him the perfect game uh. for Marte. Yeah, and then I just remember down the last couple of weeks of the season, it seemed like just he always had a misplay. Yeah. Even if it wasn't an error, it'd be something like dropping the transfer on the double play or missing the double, like the final throw to first on a double play, which things that don't get counted as an error, but it's just like a mistake that can't get made. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I definitely like, like Smiley and Segura. Those two trades are super close for me. I just think I like the Smiley one a tiny bit more. Um, and in regards to my least favorite, and this is only because in hindsight, it really doesn't look like it moves the needle a whole lot. Um, was the Schaefer modder trade for Kitteridge, mm. Kelly and Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we got rid of Schaefer already. Um, uh, so it's really just modder for those three, um, which I don't think modder is going to contribute a whole lot. Um, he may even start in Tacoma. So I just don't think that mm-hmm. move really did anything for the team. Feels yeah. a little like when you take like five bags of stuff down to the Goodwill and you're like, yay. And then <laughs> yeah. you go in Goodwill and you wind up walking out with a bag of stuff anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I tr- that's why I really try to not have huge overreactions in a negative manner to moves because I try to wait until the end of the off season before I really judge things. And yeah, there, are, there wasn't a move that I could really point to there. I'm just like, that was just insanely stupid. What are you doing? Yeah. All right. So the next question we have is from Seamus Kreider. Um, he asks us, in five years, where are the M's? And I think he's talking about, obviously, like as an organization. In Seattle. Things trending up. Will, it'll be, will it be a black hole? Where will we be? In five years, the farm system will be mostly healed. And we're we're finally going to be able to have some depth to do exciting things like the other grown up teams get to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we're going to be able to make trades and work from yeah. depth and power. I I mean again this is kind of linked to what we were talking about where it's just really exciting to have a clear and a clearly articulated plan and a plan that's flexible. You know, you've seen Jerry, okay, this isn't working out, so he goes for something else, and he's able to make adjustments on the fly. And yeah, um, I just I think there's so much there. Are, there are definitely more reasons to be optimistic about the team than to be skeptical or pessimistic. So our current window is about, I would say, realistically, two years. Yeah, I, I so that's yeah. what I have in my head too. So in about five years, I would hope we're about at a point where we're going to restore ourselves as contenders to a certain extent after a couple down years because i mean it's really hard to maintain a contender in professional baseball it's just really hard um so i mean if i had to give my guess i would just say yeah there's going to have two more years of this window and then a couple years where we're kind of so so and then five years from now it's going to be when we're emerging from that and kind of reestablishing ourselves as contenders hopefully uh, with a strong farm system, like Kate mentioned. Yeah, because I think right now, I think the low ball has a lot of players that have a ton of potential. Yeah. Um, Brian Hernandez, Christopher mm-hmm. Torres, guys like that in the, the Arizona League this year, we're going to start to see them come up and actually get ready for the show. So there's some, there's some things to be excited about, I think. Um, and the Everett guys who I'm sort of excited Brian about. Hernandez. 
Yeah. A lot of different guys. Zamorelli, Celia, who we'll probably see sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. Love me some Brian Hernandez. That dude can play. Yeah. That that's that's my pick for favorite low ball player right now. Yeah. Very excited about him. Yeah. When I do my top fifty prospects later on in February, he'll be up there. He'll be pretty high up there. Nice. All right. Uh next question is from Speechy McPeachy. That's that's fun to say. Um, who is the most untradeable player in the organization, and why is it Kyle Seeger? Oh, I, mm. man. I think it's James Paxton. With a GM like Jerry, I feel like no one's untradeable. Right? Yeah. I feel like he would pull the trigger if the price was right on literally anybody. Oh, well, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But Kyle is pretty close to it, right? I feel like... I mean... I feel like Cody Martin's pretty untradeable. <laughs> being honest here. Well, it depends how you it's... define untradeable. I'm really surprised that I thought, um, you know, for example, Altaville, I thought Altaville was gone for sure. I think we, I think we all did. Yeah. I mean, we, that was kind of the assumption. He was like Yarbrough when every time we talked hypothetical trade, he was the first name we popped into the yeah. package. Well, when people weren't popping Tyler O'Neill's name into the package. Yeah. Um, but I think that that just says a lot about like what the youth core that Jerry's building and what he sees as like kind of that next, you know, when we're talking about five years down the road, um, what the next rising up is going to be. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's an argument even where Tyler O'Neill is the most untradeable player in the organization. Yeah, it's I would possible. say Kyle. I would say Kyle Lewis. That would be my pick. Yeah, um, just because his, his ceiling is just so freaking high. Um, but if we're talking just strictly twenty-five, man, I would probably say yeah, Kyle Seeger. Just because that's a really, that's not a bad deal for how good of a player you're getting. Yeah. I remember everyone laughing like, "Why are you giving Kyle Seeger a hundred? Not Mariner fans, obviously. We knew how good he was. Yeah, but like." The baseball community was kind of like, why the hell did the Mariners just give Kyle Seeger $100 million? I've never even heard of him. And he just keeps getting better. Yeah. So I feel like there'd be no reason to trade him unless you just got this ridiculously good package for him. The other thing that makes Kyle Seeger kind of untradeable is that he happens to play in a golden age of third baseman. So yes. it's, you know, that it's not a position of scarcity in MLB. Yeah. Okay, so next question we have is from Michael Sawyer. What will be Gene Segura's nickname or Jan Segura? We still need to I figure out how to pronounce with, it. I, I believe he comes preloaded with Seggy. Yeah, Seggy. And then um, in the home, like when we first traded for him, I saw this really long home run he hit, and the announcer said Gene Gene the hitting machine. I like it. Ooh. <laughs> good i feel like there's a seggy segue kind of thing that we can work up we have time yeah and i mean it's just so this is so much easier if guys last name is rodriguez because you just get to go first initial plus rod <laughs> yeah yeah jseg does not jseg sounds like some kind of campus faith organization sounds like an ipod <laughs> knockoff <laughs> the jseg <laughs> Yeah, i don't know i'm terrible with nicknames you don't want me to make up a nickname I'm sure Mariner's um, Twitter will uh, award him with something I, that is yeah. fitting. I called um, <laughs> Nate Carnes' curveball the hammer of dawn. That's you about did. all I've. That's about all I've got. 
and now he's gone. You don't want me to make up nicknames. They leave. The <laughs> Jerry will trade them. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question we have is from Tibbs AF. Who wins in a staring contest, James Paxton or a goldfish? James Paxton, because the goldfish forgets halfway through, right? Actually, I heard else. that was a... That's not true. I heard goldfish actually have decent memories. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know how good James Paxton mem- memory is. So. He could be a really forgetful guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take the... I'll take James Paxton in that one. I've seen that guy's look sometimes. Man, that dude can go off into space. I mean, <laughs> maybe what happens is James Paxton looks deeply into the goldfish's eyes and the goldfish is overcome with such a sense of melancholy that it just dies. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> sometimes he's, you got stare like into a, the... he's got that thousand yard stare, you know? Yeah, sometimes you stare into the abyss and the abyss stares back. So... <laughs> The Canadian Abyss. Oh, hey, there's a nickname. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> what was the really cool nickname we had last? It was uh, Zitch's uh, Slider, right? Satan's Frisbee? Satan's Frisbee. That was oh, Satan's yeah. Frisbee. Yeah. That was nice. That was phenomenal. All right. Um, so, yeah, uh, next question we have is from Spencer Klein. When will we make the playoffs? That's the, the question this everybody year. is asking this year. this year. I am booking that ticket. I uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this year. Um, realistically, it's going to be a wild card spot. I think. Yeah. For those who think that the Mariners will be in the playoffs <laughs> this year, it's going to be a wild card spot. If it doesn't happen this year, I have no friggin' clue when it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it, ha- <laughs> it has to be. It has to happen this year. It does. And I think everybody can agree with that. Um, if they're yeah. not good this year, it's going to break us. It's going to be really, really it's hard, gonna, too. LL is going to be a depressing place if they're not <laughs> Forget Go year. Biz. It's going to be... <laughs> yeah. Go off a cliff. Go F. <clears throat> no, no, we're going. Nope. Family friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope it's this year. I hope it's this year. That's It's a lot of organizational turnover in yeah. one year and you know it's yeah. a big it's a big step forward i maintain that i think that 2014 was just luck i i mean i think that that sure. was bad process good product yep. good result um this is last year was good process and not the best result because we got yeah. waylaid by some pretty serious pitching injuries yeah. um this year again good good process and hopefully good results well, I think it was. Um, never I think Nathan it. mentioned it on Twitter that there are there. He put like a list of teams, and he said all these teams have won eighty six games twice in the last three years. Only one of them hasn't made the playoffs. Guess, <laughs> guess which one it is. So yeah, we're we're waiting. <laughs> we're ready, and yeah. we're waiting. <sighs> if it doesn't happen this year, I don't know going to happen because if it doesn't happen this year we don't have much reason to expect it to happen next year barring some crazy series of events but but that's baseball yeah yeah no. i mean and a lot has to go right i think that's pretty pretty evident a lot a lot has to go our way yeah. but unless you have the Cubs, unless you have the cubs roster that's how it is like you need things to break your way yep so everyone out there sacrifice your chickens and <laughs> You know, do your rain dances or whatever it is that you Make do sure it's it. a live chicken. Don't sacrifice KFC chicken. 
but it's so delicious. <laughs> All right. Next question we have is from Josh, and I cannot pronounce his last name. Cow. Cow. No. All right. That's why everyone makes all the cow jokes. Yes. <laughs> uh, his question is, uh, favorite Seth Smith moment and who takes over as team dad? This is probably the most important question that we received. Who is the new team dad? I have a good answer for that. Go for it. It's Steve Ciszek. Oh, that's good. That's, I was thinking Kyle Seeger, but I like that one. No, Steve Ciszek is team dad because... His Instagram he, account. <laughs> well, yeah. his. In, I mean, he is like number one dad for reels. He dressed yeah. up as a uh, as what is that? I know Tiago's got stuffings. Is Tiago always posting cute pictures of his kids? He is. He's no. he's also a very good dad. But I'm gonna give it to Cishek because not only is he an A plus plus dad who dressed up even while he was on crutches as someone from Doc McStuffins for Halloween to take his daughter around. <laughs> um, but also he is like a really good teammate. And yeah. He, you know, dumped the Gatorade on Diaz after his first save. You know, helped celebrate the guy who basically took his job. I mean, he's just that. I, I saw that. That was, that was a pretty big deal for me for, he is a yeah. plus plus human. So I felt so bad for him because he had a decent season, but yeah. everyone hated him because of the national TV game. <laughs> it, was, it was, Steve deserves better. I went through his Twitter mentions once, and it was just wow. That was he rough. got more angry tweets than anyone else on the Mariners by a mile, and he responded just with love. Like that, that deep Christian faith really does something for you there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, for me, it's got to be. Steve Ciszek, excellent human. And my favorite Seth Smith movement has to be him clubbing that home run against the Orioles. That grand That's slam, the, the grand I slam. Say. Yeah, yes. I would yeah. definitely say grand slam. That was it. We will, we will miss you, Seth Smith. We will miss you, Dad. All-star Dad. Um, and there's a follow-up question to that uh, from Henry. And who, who is the new Dad bod? Well, it's not Paxton because that dude I, works out like every day. I just haven't, I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I haven't really seen the team shirtless. I don't know about the dad <laughs> on my team. Kyle Seeger? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He rocked that Superman outfit, which was that's pretty true. close fitting. Yeah. And... It's true. I don't know why my answer for everything is Kyle Seeger. He's, <laughs> he's just, the wearer of many hats. Just as a default, he's a pretty strong default. Yeah, Joe I mean, Bimel. <laughs> all right there we go there fine we'll leave it at him <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think and I, I i don't have a good answer for that i think it's an offshoot of the team getting so much more athletic right yeah who has, who has the dad bod no dan aldevilla is rocking some sort of dad like a, an overall dad look now with it's the, the goatee. goatee yeah and he's he's cut his nice and, flow yeah then edwin edwin diaz is a twig he is a such twig a twig. That throws a hundred miles an hour. Miranda also a twig. They're like the opposite of dad bods. Edwin Diaz's legs look like you could just snap them. They're it's... pipe cleaners. Oh no! Don't, don't wish that evil on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't do Seriously, that. knock some wood. <laughs> Got it. All right. Uh, next question we have uh, is from Good News Joe. Uh, he asks us, "I have a day hose size hole in my heart, which is to say, it is quite large." Who should fill it? So we need to fill a large first baseman hole in his heart. <laughs> Come on, Joe. How are we going to do this one? 
speaking of dad bod, or at least like older brother at home from his first semester at college where he discovered beer bod, like <laughs> it's Vogdor. Yeah. Sexy back. Sexy Bach. Sexy Bach. Sexy Bach. <laughs> I, th- I think that's yeah. a pretty unanimous answer. It's definitely going to yeah. be. Vogel it's gotta back. be. I mean, he's goofy. Joe, Definitely I will goofy. point. I will point to. I will point you to an Instagram photo that I have of uh, of Dan Vogelbach being pulled in a wagon like a toddler at a wedding. Vogel, so, Vogelbach got the uh, Chippendale costume, didn't he? He sure did. Yep. <laughs> Edwin Diaz was Gumby. Oh, those were the days. That was fun. Ariel Miranda was Carmen Miranda. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no more of that. Which you know. Dan Altavia was a giant boob, right? Okay, so um, I have some insider info on that. His mom <laughs> was really mad about that. Like she was, she was not pleased. She did not raise him to be like that. So guess who it was who picked out that costume? You told us, but I will not spoil. I'll let you say it. It was Adam Lind. Yep. Of course. Of he course. Was bad at everything. Bad at everything, including Adam Lind. Including taking Badamland, <laughs> including taking care of Mama's babies who are all the way across the country from them. Bad move, Lind. Bad move. <laughs> That's a nice young man. Oh man! Well, right. you were in two years. Will you remember that Adam Lind was a mariner? I hope not. It's been a couple months, and I already he forgot. hit a couple really dramatic home runs, but I already kind of forgot he had. Yeah, that did not work out. Yeah, it just got to a point where Kate was just getting so worn down on him. I remember every day in Slack was just like, I'm yelling at Adam Lynn from the pen about how <laughs> bad he is. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Where like, maybe from this far I won't be able to see as terrible at bats. Yeah. I mean, they were <laughs> awful. If you gave me, if you forced me Clockwork Orange style to watch either Adam Lind at bats or Cattell Marte at bats... I I remember, yeah, I remember talking towards the end of the season with someone else from, I don't remember who it was anymore, but just, it literally looked like he was guessing. Like he predetermined whether he was going to swing or not. Yep. Yep. And just no matter where the pitch was, if he thought he was going to swing in it, he swung. That's I don't actually know if you're talking about Linder Marte at this point, but it could really be either, (laughs) couldn't it? Yeah. At least Marte can cling to, I had mono. What does Lind have? A goatee. Other than his giant boob costume. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last question we have is from Mike Barr. It's another dad-related question. Now that dad is gone, am I allowed to eat ice cream for dinner, and can I stay up past 10? I have hung out with Mike Barr in the pen, and I know for a fact he stays up past 10 p.m. and eats ice cream because I've seen it down his Jack Wilson jersey that he refused to wash. (laughs) For, like, the whole season. That thing was fetid. Whoa, what was that? See, I've never seen what Mike looks like in real life, so I just assume he looks exactly like his Avi, which I know is not him. Is, is in fact, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. It is Marshawn Lynch. Which... <laughs> <laughs> so just in my brain, he looks like Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> uh, I, again, insider info, Mike Bart. Handsome young man, very handsome. All right. Oh, good for when him. When he is not uh, parading around in a in a cheese stained <laughs> Jack Wilson jersey. But to answer his question, I feel like during the Giovanni Gallardo starts, we will be staying up past ten. So he's pretty slow, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Imagine Giovanni Gallardo facing the Yankees 
Imagine Miguel Batista. Yeah. Back. No, I won't. You can't <laughs> did you guys watch? Do you guys? Did you guys like watch Miguel Batista starts? They were bad. They were so bad. He. There were times where he would literally take almost a full minute in between pitches. It was bad. Like he makes Kuma look like a fast worker. It's that bad. <laughs> oh boy. Well, Any that's, more? That's all I got. That's all, all right. the questions. Um, if we didn't answer them this week, we'll answer them in the next episode. More than likely. Maybe I don't know. Unless it's a bad question. Depends Unless on how a bad, bad question. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you to all of you who sent in questions, and uh, please continue to do so. Hit us up next week. Thank you for listening to this yeah. maiden voyage of our podcast. We hope Great you. Great time. Um, let's something. remind them that we don't have a name because yes. they might have forgotten yes. the last hour and a half. Yes. Yes. We are still the podcast without a name looking for your suggestions. So please, you can hit us up. Um, you can get me either at, at Lookout Landing or at my personal Twitter account at number one, once again, two, number two, Zelda. Well, you can find me at who is Jose Rivera. Um, I'm just at Ethan Novak. You know how to spell it. You'll find me. I'm there. I have a giant Lego picture as my uh, background on Twitter. <laughs> All right. So send us your questions and your name suggestions. And thank you so much for uh, listening. And we will catch up with you next time.